mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to another episode of Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. We are kicking off our new uh, exploration of episodes, and we're going to be focusing on Richard Linklater's 1993 classic, Dazed and Confused. And, you know, when when I made this pick last week, in my head, and I did not tell this to Boom or Catcher, I said, I'm going to have to get Dear Friend co-host of bat and spider <laughs> podcaster to the stars dale underscore a to come on and chat with us and here he is dale yes. how's it going buddy wow ian i did not i did not even know that and that is super special man when you get i think when we get each other started talking about it mm. we could just go mm. we could just go on this mm. i know D- dale and i have a uh we have a special bond we have like a, a hidden language I'm, I'm not saying no one has seen days confused you know in our little uh discord group dan and i kind of we can wink and nod at each other no one else is even getting it no one even knows what movie references we're talking about but he knows oh, i know and i know he knows yeah so i'm very whenever we get to talk about movies like that <clears throat> i'm excited yeah. it's gonna be a good time oh man boom catcher are you excited to chat days confused uh absolutely i am <laughs> uh, i've been watching this movie since i was like 15 years old and Ooh. it's just like such a staple so i'm stoked to talk about it and i'm stoked to talk about it with y'all nice okay Catcher, so, so you I'm, gave an so, ominous yeah an ominous letterbox review yeah i was just stirring trouble <laughs> Um, I am excited to talk about this movie. I, I am the only one who apparently doesn't have like a lifelong connection to it. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to like Sucks just bask. Suck. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, we we need that other perspective. Uh, yeah. But before well, we get to that, let let's catch up. What what did everyone watch this week? Uh, Dale, let's start with you. Guest of honor. Folks who probably listen to Bat and Spider listen to me talk about it, but I haven't watched anything because I've been playing Yakuza like a dragon, like like an insane person. I haven't played a video game like this in uh, I haven't devoted video game time like this in a long time. Like I'm sneaking it in around podcasting and when my family's not looking, but <laughs> it's like it's like traditional JRPG turn based combat, but set in the world of Yakuza, which is a long running franchise mm-hmm. that's primarily been on the PlayStation. Now it's, it's been the past couple of years, it's all been ported over to Xbox, but, uh, and those games are like, um, action RPG where it's real time combat and, and upgrading your skills. And, uh, as a, as a, like an April fool's joke, a couple of years ago, they teased this new Yakuza game where it was going to be all turn-based combat and all super JRPG tropey. And they then they turned it into a video game, and I bought it when I a couple years ago, and I never even tried it. But uh, I, I never devoted the time it takes because it like the intro the the um the intro levels the tutorial is probably like six hours long. If it felt like <laughs> so it's like a long ass time before you get into the meat of the game. But um, you are this this low level yakuza who nothing but re- you respect your master. 
of your family, but he asked you to do something and things go wrong and you're starting from the bottom and you got to get to the top again. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm, but mm, mm, mm. just you're, you're like exploring the city of Yokohama, like, like the, the members of, um, a fantasy, like Dragon Quest. He, the, the main <laughs> character references Dragon Quest a whole lot. Mm, like he mm. talks about playing that game as a kid and, uh, you know, he's like wandering Yoko, uh, Yokohama and there's like briefcases, which are the treasure chests and safes. And That's you cool. can change jobs, but the jobs are like instead of mage, you have like host, which is just like <laughs> your weapon is like a champagne bottle and you're like popping bubbly <laughs> to like cast spells. It's wild. That's it's cool. wild. And, yeah. Like if you it. can watch some gameplay of it, I, I, I would recommend it for sure. Mm. I love it. I never have the stones yeah. to get into a JRPG just because I know like, yeah, oh. cutscenes take hours and the oh game takes gosh. hours. But I, so I respect people who can who can power through them. But you have a daughter to raise yeah. now. Got a daughter to raise, and I got to do things. <laughs> no time. No time us, for that. Know? No time for that. What about Bat and Spider? What do you got coming up this week? So next up, we are recording, and if you guys, I, I encourage you guys to watch along, and if you mm-hmm. don't. Just listen to the episode because we watch this crap for you and you just listen to what we have to say about it. Um, but it's a movie from 1983 by Richard Chupka. It's a movie called Curtains and Samantha Egger is in this movie, mm. which we watched The Brood on mm-hmm. this very yes. uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, John Vernon is in it and six young actresses auditioning for a movie role at a remote mansion are targeted by a mysterious mass murderer yes sounds like a bat and spider movie right just on through paper and through yeah on yes <laughs> on paper and it's on tubi so and we're nice. big fans well, of tubi over on uh bat and spider they need to nice. they need to start paying you or at least removing ads for you guys or something <laughs> yeah God, you deserve Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Band Spider, I like rarely have time to watch the movies you guys cover, but it's just so fun to listen yeah. to. Oh my God. Always. Yeah, we appreciate that. Awesome to listen to. And just That latest Knight Riders episode, man, the, like you got the two of you going off on this movie. I was like, well, I think Emma's going to have to watch a movie called Knight Riders <laughs> because there's, it was so good. Like you guys sold it hard. It was really great. <laughs> when we talked about Knight Riders and Chuck's, Chuck had this like revelation. It was just like about selling out in america and mm. you know having having morals and it, it's a movie about a traveling renfair troop that ride motorcycles for jousting and it's but it's about selling out it's wild and it's george romero even mm-hmm. wilder when we so, when i got to that part of the episode i got chills i was like i gotta yeah. watch i gotta watch this movie now it was great <laughs> yeah if it's giving catcher chills you yeah know you gotta watch it yeah. that's right you know it. and you gotta listen uh awesome boom what did you watch this week um i watched i watched a few things um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one i won't talk about it too much because i don't have much to say about it uh but i just hit up our old girl the criterion channel and I, it was like yeah. before halloween i watched this film called the lure which is a norwegian gothic Mm. norwegian Mm. musical about (laughs) cat or like murderous mermaids what's it called balor no the lure the lure 2015 like a a fishing lure right i assume yeah exactly precisely actually it's polish excuse me 
Sounds like an A24 movie if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it does sound like an A24 movie. <laughs> I, I liked it. Like it was wild um, for sure. Yo. But if that's your thing, check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite watch of the week, which swiftly made itself onto my bat and spider please cover this wish list uh mm. is the people under the stairs by west oh. raven yeah baby never seen it never seen it before um i watched fire mm-hmm. it's so freaking it's good yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's um and it's regarded of like as one of like the first like black horrors mm-hmm. uh as well and i actually like saw a lot of influence um of from like get out like i think jordan peele was yeah. like heavily because i know he's mm. producing like a remake of this which i almost wish he would just maybe leave alone um mm. after yeah. can- <laughs> what happened to candy man because i just <laughs> i do think that like now these kind of these movies are just like doing a little bit too much and i'm just like Let's yeah just, yeah yeah i'm like this is a classic yeah. like just maybe fund some screenings and like you know <laughs> do some talks and just let it be because it's just perfect yeah. the way it is. So if, if anybody hasn't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, you haven't covered that right on Bat and Spider. I don't think. No, no, we haven't covered it. And boom, I mean, boom, that movie scared the shit out of me. And <laughs> I first saw it, like I was probably 11 or 12 uh-huh. and my sister was, it was younger than me. It was like big into horror at the time. And I just couldn't handle it. But since then, I mean, it is so good and so, mm-hmm. like, ahead of its time, Yeah, uh, it seemed like. But, and it man, just, to go back. Yeah, like, thematically on point, but it has this, like, camp to it that just hits hard. Like, the ending mm. is just so triumphant and, like, celebratory. <laughs> right. It's amazing. And, yeah, so if you guys are, if Bat and Spider's ever looking for a fun one to yeah. do, you guys should do this. Because you're, like, two for four right now with, like, the kind of pivotal black horrors because you did ganja and Hass, and you did demon knight which is like the first like black final girl so people under the stairs oh, nice. and candy man that's like the that's those yeah. are like the four golden ones man boom boom keeping tabs on you guys <laughs> damn boom <laughs> but no you i i just really enjoyed those episodes you've done so far and i yeah man, i really like you. this movie i'd love to hear you guys talk about it for sure wow <laughs> Might be talking about that sooner than later. Christmas is coming. Halloween's <laughs> over. <laughs> Catcher, what about you? What were your highlights? Um, what did I watch? I watched a go karting movie on Netflix. Heck yeah! Because yeah. I just like I'm in the racing, like in the racing vibe. Formula One season is, and we're in the heat of it right now. So it mm-hmm. just, I I want to see things drive fast. It's not great, but it's fun. Good enough to just like get your get your blood like pumping just like yeah hell yeah let's go drive a fast car um and then last night i um emma was like hey can we just uh you want to watch a movie i was like sure and she's like what about prometheus i was like uh Hmm. yes please have you not seen it and she's like no no what is this i was like just press play don't don't know anything let's just watch it and she loved it and i and i that movie's so bonkers great um, I remember when it first came out, I hated it. Um, I was so mad and like angsty, you know, and you're just like, you just hate things. You think, you know what the fuck you're talking about. And you're like, I have an opinion today. And my opinion is this movie's 
poo-poo garbage. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then like a, a year later or something, I randomly bought bought a digital copy of it. And I just started watching it every, like once a year. And every time I watch it, it gets better and better. And like that movie does not deserve any of the hate that it got like when it came out. It's so cool and so fun and just so batshit crazy. I love it. Mm. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, you, you were talking about that over in VHS Village, which is 70 millimeters Discord. Go check them out. Listen to their podcasts. I'm assuming most people who listen to this also there, but check out their uh, Patreon, four bucks a month. You can have access to their Discord, all that sort of stuff. But um, it's funny, like whenever when I, I was reading like our friends' reviews uh, Prometheus, and then I just remember like there was such a visceral reaction to Prometheus and like I like mm-hmm. I, I really love the movie Alien me too yeah. I've I've seen it a handful of times but I'm not like a I, I couldn't you know I, I probably can't even really tell you what happens in Aliens and then Alien 3 or whatever you know I just like really like the first one and so I remember when I watched this I'm like yeah this movie was like this movie, was, this movie was fun but then I remember being shocked at like the hatred mm-hmm. <laughs> coming when this <laughs> movie time. came out and I think it's yeah. because like it and it makes me think like these movies where it's like where people have, you know, 20, 30 years of expectations of what they want from oh, it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to fail, like almost guaranteed. Ian, I think, I mean, I think you nailed it. There were so many decades of expectation that people, if people didn't get the origin of the space jockey and mm-hmm. if they didn't see a xenomorph, right. like why wouldn't it be in that movie? Because that's why they really decided to release this movie, you right. know, decades after, right? Why wouldn't it be in that movie? So right. when it's not exactly that, man, people were beside themselves. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, it's like, at least at that time, like I was deep, deep in reading anything I could like film. Like that was mm. like early slash film days and stuff like that, where it was just like the early, like film online stuff. And yeah. I remember it was like around that time that Lindelof had worked on Lost and everyone was mad at him for Lost. And then it was all this discussion <laughs> about him coming in and being like, oh, yeah, but really, why don't we turn it into like an alien movie? You know, and it was like, mm. oh, fuck you for, you know, like for turning, like screwing us over like on Lost and now on this. And everyone was just hype and angry at him. And like, like you both said, the expectation of like what this movie could be. And it just wasn't that. Yeah. And it is just so much like weirder and stranger and fun and wacky. And like, it's uh, so worth your time to just check it out and just like po- mm. put your biases aside. Like, I think the only, I think it being like this connective tissue to the, like the alien universe is some of the things that do like stop it from being, I think ultimately amazing. Mm. Um, but that, Mick, that adding that into the mix just makes it so much more interesting. The the I've only seen this movie like twice. The first time I watched it, I like had downloaded it, and the yeah. first portion of this film was like in French, right? Or it's in a different <laughs> language, right? And like the version I downloaded didn't have subtitles, and so I was just like, "Oh, this is part of the movie." And so I spent like the first fifteen <laughs> minutes like not knowing like what was going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Classic, but classic. but tooting tooting Prometheus horn like what about the creativity and the, and the <laughs> yeah yeah what they about the leaps give they you, took they didn't yeah. even give you subtitles that's how confident yeah, right. we are in the storytelling. Remember this was like this was like the first movie to go like day and date digital. 
Really? I, think. It I don't was really like remember one, that. Yeah. I mean, I do remember like torrenting it like almost immediately. So that would make sense. Yeah. Just That's a, how that happened. Yeah. Like the same. And what I mean by that is like the same time it released in on DVD, it released, you mm-hmm. can buy it digitally. Mm-hmm. And my and I looking at it now, it's 2012, and I can't believe that's 10 years ago at this point. Like my yeah, god, god. Yeah. horrifying, horrifying. It is horrifying. <laughs> uh, let's see. On my end, T- Tara was gone this weekend, so I actually had my first adventure as a solo dad, which was Aww. awesome mm-hmm. and fun. Um, but I also had just like a mini movie festival, just rattling off things on my watch list. So I watched like a shit ton of movies. Nice. That I knew she like I would be like dr- dragging her ass to watch. You know, <laughs> yeah, she'd be on her phone in five minutes, and I'd be turning it off in ten. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is no knock to her at, at all. Like you know, I am very aware of the movies. She will not enjoy with me, so I never try and like force her under it. You know, you know, I got a new sound bar. I've been having a love affair with it. I've been mm. I've been DMing Dale, trying to peer pressure him. Yeah, to get it. He and I have the same TV, uh, and so I'm telling you, you need to get this bad boy. Uh, I got one of those Sonos arcs and like I was, yeah. I was, I've been dragging my feet for, for years about sound bars. I'm like, you know, I was like a, you know, speaker tower purist, but this thing is un unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I honestly have never, I, I was like completely floored. Like yet we were watching like frozen yesterday just to keep Isla occupied. And it just sounded like fucking amazing. Like everything. Adina. I mean, it's just really cool. Adina sounds, mm. uh, but the thing I want, I want to talk about is that I actually just got back from the French di- the French Dispatch, uh, the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh yes, whoa! So I, I'm a you know I'm a Wes Stan. So you know obviously yeah. asterisks. Um, I hundred percent understand when people don't like Wes Anderson. He's another one of those guys. Like I'm not going to argue with you because he is so specific that like you either like him or you don't. There's no point in like trying to drag someone like across the line. Um, but this one I, I is really, really good. Like I think just like gut in gut thought, like maybe top three or four for me of this movie. Wow. Okay. Um, which was surprising because it got like pretty like mediocre reviews. Um, but I like love it. Like all of Wes Anderson movies, he like they're all based they're all told in a specific way. Like um Life Aquatic is told as a documentary, uh Royal Tenenbaums is told as like a novel. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom is sort of told, told like an opera. And so this is actually unique because it's told as like, as if um, this French dispatch is like this fake French newspaper. <clears throat> and this movie is as if they took the last issue of that newspaper or magazine and filmed the stories. Um, oh. So it's like three or four anthology short films within it. Uh, a lot of people had problems with it, but I, I thought it was like really, really well done. Like, I think it was... Mm. Maybe like the first time Wes Anderson really had something to say in his movies because wow. all of his movies are really just like about loneliness and uh, bad dads and and tr- trying to find yourself in various ways. But this one, it felt like he was like saying something about art and um, what he thinks about art. So it, it was cool. Like it felt obviously very like Wes Anderson. I mean, you can every single second of that movie. You don't don't tell anyone who directed it. You already know who it is. But just like the writing and just the overall story felt different to me. Um, I, I thought it was really good. So. If you've been hesitant because you've heard it's not that great, I would, I would give it a whirl. Wow, uh, it, was, it was a good watch. Is is it bookend? Is it bookended by like the setting of a newspaper, like the magazine, like in an editing room or something like that? Or is yeah, it, or okay, yeah, well. yeah. It, it you know kind of opens up giving you where, how the news the magazine was founded, and then it kind of takes you through the writers, and then it kind of goes into the articles. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it was really well done. All right, but oh, all right, all right, all right. I should say. All right, uh, all right. 
take that catcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a nice little 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 catch up. Um, but let's get to our little main event for the evening, which is uh, Richard Linklater's Days and Confuse. Um, for those who haven't seen it, <clears throat> Days and Confuse is about uh, follows a group of high school juniors turning into seniors and and eighth graders turning into freshmen on the their last day of school uh, in May 1976. Uh, it's basically a slice of life for these kids in Austin and what they're all going to do like over this last day of school. Um, but now let's jump into our time machines. <gasps> Thank you, Dale. Thanks, and uh, head back to uh, 1960, Austin, uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, July 30, 1960, Richard Linklater, who is the writer-director of Days and Confused, he was born in Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, he grew up there playing football and baseball. He was like backup quarterback, um, at a really big high school, a uh, really big football high school. He was behind like the, one of the number one recruits or something. Uh, and then he transferred actually to go play baseball. Days and confused, uh, at another high school. Cause he thought he was better at baseball. you would do better here. He went to college uh, and then he actually dropped out and worked on an oil rig. Um, <laughs> which is like, I would have never guessed. Uh, and then once he got back from his oil rigging um, gig, he uh, went to community college, took some theater classes, and then he was like, holy shit, like, I want to be a filmmaker. So he went back to school in 84. He went to, like, a community college down in Austin for film. Um, and then in 1988, he released his first film uh, called It's Impossible to Learn to Plow by Reading Books. Uh, Link later directed, wrote, produced, starred, edited this movie. It never got a wide release, but you can actually watch it. Um, on the Criterion release of his 1990 movie, which is called Slacker. Uh, have any of you seen Slacker by chance? No. Mm, no. No? Okay, was, I've seen Slacker too long ago to right, remember and right, too right. long to have an impression on me. Yeah. Um, so Slacker came out in 1990. Uh, it's kind of similar to Days and Confused. It follows around a group of Austinites, um, literally like taking through a day of Austin, just jumping from character to character. Um, this movie got nominated for the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance in 91. And with a budget of twenty three thousand, it earned one point two million in the box office. It basically kicked off like independent filmmaking of the nineteen nineties. Like any mm-hmm. most any director um, of the indie influence you see has seen this movie and like they'll talk about him. Like this was massively influential to me. Um, and Ian, this was um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you talk about your mm, pod, yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your job, but you, yeah. um, Kevin Smith, yeah, was like highlighted this as one of his yeah uh, movies that changed his life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. My work podcast, uh, yeah. on my work podcast, uh, Kevin Smith talked about it and he always talks about it openly to being like, he always says like clerks was my version of slacker. Like mm-hmm. how can I make my version of it? Yeah. Um, and I think if you see slacker, it's very clear there. Um, and, and so after the success of slacker, he basically, he link later basically had a blank check to make whatever movie he wanted he decided to make a movie that was like inspired by his life in Texas. Like I'm going to make a movie that I, I know I can make. And like, I know, and he <clears throat> was inspired by like, he basically wanted to do the antithesis of a John Hughes movie. He was like, this is what John Hughes high school looks like. This is his version of high school. I want to do my version. And he wrote days and confused. The, the script was fast tracked in production and released in 93. And although it was an initial bus, it had a budget of 6.9 million. It, it only earned 8 million. Uh, wow. And only one critic in 1993 had it in his top 10 list. One oh critic. God, animals. Uh, which is wild because it's gone on to be one of the most iconic movies Absolutely. of yeah. the generation. 
Uh, it launched the careers of, I mean, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ben Affleck, Parker Posey, to a lesser extent, but I would put yeah. Parker Posey up there. Um, obviously, Richard Linklater, just huge, huge film. Um, so it's it's funny how much like time has done to this, how how well time has done to this movie. Um, you know, Days was released in the Criterion Collection, two thousand six. A spine three, three, six. Uh, I am a huge fan of this movie. Um, like I said earlier, like wildly, wildly influential to me. And I, I'm I'd like to kick off our discussion. What was the first time you saw this? And a question to the wider group. Like, why do you think the characters of Dazed and Confused, or not, if you don't think so, like, just resonate? Like, when I was watching this again, um, Mm. it's like, I knew a Pink, I knew a Wooderson, I knew a Mitch, I knew a Slater. Like, I knew all these people who, you know, by the time I was in high school, that's, you know, 30 years in the past. Um, but it, everything about it just to like, I knew all these people mm-hmm. it just felt so real to me where like, you know, when I was reading about his antithesis to the John Hughes stuff, it's like, I didn't necessarily know like a John Bender, you know, from the breakfast club. But I feel like whenever I watched Days of Confused, I can pinpoint little stories or little things that all these people had that was re- really relatable to me. So <clears throat> I'm curious as to how everyone's sort of relationship with like their kids, the kids in the film and like to your experience in high school was, but Dale, please. Yeah. Well, so this movie came out in 93. I probably saw it in 94. I was 13 or 14 when I saw it. So, you know, I was like Mitch Kramer's age, mm. probably about. And uh, like, boom, you know, I've been watching it ever since. And it's just been a movie where the characters, as much as I would have wanted you know, I can pinpoint characteristics of people in my uh, in my high school that would have picked up on this. But this was like the life that I didn't live. But I, li- I, I feel like when I watch this movie, I feel like I'm a part of this. Mm. And I think I think it resonates with a lot of people now because a lot of people at least in my opinion, who are uh, younger than going than going to high school in 1976. Um, if you were if you were going to high school in the 90s, you know this sort of uh, this taboo, like this this high school life that these mm. kids are living at that point are already taboo. They're they're sneaking in. They're openly drinking in the pool hall. They're all smoking <laughs> weed. They're all cruising around they're in there. They're beating the you know, shit out of each other. <laughs> they're beating, yeah, they're beating the shit out of each other. They're <laughs> pulling up, like, there's pickup trucks pulling up to the middle school and be like, you know, Mitch Kramer, <laughs> like, everybody run and hide because we're going to beat your asses. And then, the, the you know, the, the teacher is behind his desk laughing, laughing, laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think for me, the allure is, my God, this is what it was like in high school in 1976. You know, it's it's dramatized a little bit for the movie, but mm-hmm. still, uh, you know, it's so powerful and believable. Oh, I agree 100 percent. Like it does give you this kind of like slice of life. And I I went to high school in the early 2000s. Um made it through don't know how and <laughs> whoop, whoop, that was a different time right so like for film that was like mean girls and all those like kind of like hot button like teen dream movies mm-hmm. um yeah. and then i went to a canadian 
like art school, like art high school. Mm. So like my high school experience was <laughs> like very different to what a person going to high school in Texas uh, would experience. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like this felt, I don't know, like the way like there's just this airiness about this film that just seems like true to life and it is a little bit silly and like in moments it's over the top but I, I kind of like the way that everybody has like their moment I like the way that people they all interact with each other it's like cliquey but it's not mm-hmm. like they're all out to get each other like they there's still yeah. this blending which is more realistic to the high school experience like we, mm-hmm. I I, I I don't know what everybody else's high school experience was like, but it's not like in Mean Girls when you're going through the cafeteria and they're like, oh, like mm. cool Asians, like mean <laughs> bitches, like yeah, dorks, yeah. stoners. Like it's not, it wasn't like that at all. And so I felt like that yeah. was like a better representation. Um, and then also just the vibe. Cause it's like, yeah, you just want to like, you're young. You're just trying to figure life out. You want to have fun. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be told what to do. Like you want to push boundaries you want to make someone else's life hell. You don't want your life to be made hell. Like it's just, it's just oh a God, cool, yes. like it's just a cool movie. I love it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catcher, what about you? Yeah, man. I mean like this, this is like defines the stereotype of what high school, what you always, I like the, you idolize the time that happened before you in a way yeah. that's like not real you know, but because you didn't really yeah. experience it, but there's something about it that's just super alluring. And like this movie sort of understands that it's just like the way you, the way you look back at something as opposed to like the way you experienced it, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm, the day to day was probably like not as exciting or interesting, but as a whole, like uh, that a certain part of your life felt a certain way. And like, this feels like that. Like I didn't experience this, uh, like boom, I had a similar thing where, I mean, there was like cliques in terms of just like people congregated together, but we were always, everyone was always on an even keel. No one was like bullying anyone. No one was getting mm-hmm. niner. Like everyone in my high school was like chill. Uh, Canadians. That's right. <laughs> Speaking French and eating Must poutine nice. all day. How could you have a hard time? Um, but like, so, but, and I was definitely not the cool kid. So that's, you know, whatever. But this movie just captures like yeah the coolness of being young and like just mm. being free to do whatever you want um or like yeah before you have consequences it's like right before you like have that like never ending existential dread that like appears like when you're mm. 23 or 24 that mm-hmm. never turns off it's like life is real not yet real and uh yeah. it captures like a joy of that which mm. is cool uh it's funny you say that though cuz pink does have that line at the end where he's like, if I ever look back and say that these are the best years of my life, I'll kill myself. Yeah. Which I think is funny. Yeah. Because that's like high school kids think that way a lot. Oh, but yeah. when people get older, in retrospect, like fucking high school kicked ass. College was like fucking amazing. You know, it's, it's like Catcher said, it's like the existential dread you receive afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and so like when I, I never like, I've always thought about that line. But this time, I mean, honestly, over the last couple of times I've watched Dancing Confused, it's such an easy movie just to throw on, mm-hmm. do chores do work, have it on the background. You get a killer soundtrack. You hear these one-liners like come through. So this yeah. is the first time I sat down, like really watched it in, in a few years. And that line just like stuck out to me as like very poignant and like so accurate to what uh, a, a kid in his dilemma would do. Because if you're pink, you, that is 
like you're living L I I keep doing these puns on accident. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's the star of the football team. He appears to be smart, right? Cause he's in with like the newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. He uh, is friends with everyone. He doesn't really seem to have beef with everyone. He, he's the fucking top of the world, you know? And so it's funny when you see a guy like that and you hear him say, like, and he's miserable. You know, it's miserable. It's like so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. So this film, I mean, we talked about it earlier, has a huge cast of characters. Um, you know, some obviously standout stars, Matthew McConaughey as Wooderson, Ben Affleck, Joey Lauren Adams, uh, our boy Anthony Rapp. Actually, thank you. Boom. Did you know Dale's a Dale's a uh, rent head too? Dale, what the are you a fucking rent head? Yeah, I'll, I'll look, I mean Catcher, <laughs> you're off fucking, the pod. Dale Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <will, laughs> sending on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fucking uh OG soundtrack, yeah, the end. I was I know that front to back to front. Mm. Um were there any 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 characters like on on this watch who like stick out to you? As maybe you relate to them uh, in particular or ones like on this most recent watch are sort of like, I really get like why this person, you know, is, is a certain way or anything like that. The nerds. Anyone? For sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I remember watching in high school and I was like, oh my God, what such nerds, right? And then kind of <laughs> like looking back like retrospective, um, <laughs> Well, I don't know why. Anyways, um, I'm like, no, that was definitely like me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like mm. I thought I was so much cooler than I was and like always had an opinion about everything and mm-hmm. just mm. and like, I know we were talking about kind of like the carelessness and then like that, like the beginnings of like existential dread showing up in some mm. characters. And that's kind of, I felt like like the crew of nerds were just like the driving force of that. Cause they were just like <laughs> yeah. a little bit holier than thou, but still yeah, just yeah. wanted to party. And I loved their whole like thing about, you know, just like being like, what are we doing? Like we need to have fun and like live in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. How very yeah. rent, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, yeah, I like, I just love, I thought they were like the most relatable but out of like the ensemble for sure. Boy, that's, a, I mean, that's a really good question. And I always find myself, you know, settling in with the same cast. Mm. I just really like, I surround myself every time I watch, I, I surround myself with the same people over and over again. I, I start to notice more and more what the other people think. Like, uh, you know, namely the small bit part that the high school teacher uh, plays yes. uh, as she's like bidding the kids adieu yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just like totally uh, you know, I, like that hits home now more than ever. Hey guys, one more thing. Hey, this summer when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial 4th of July brouhaha, don't forget what you're celebrating. And that's the fact that a bunch of slave owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. Slaps hard. I was like, in yeah. 1993, link later. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> but also the 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 characters that you know, I'm I'm all about uh, Mitch mm. and uh, what's Sabrina? Yeah, I'm all about Mitch and Sabrina, the up and coming, like the ninth, the rising ninth graders or tenth yeah. graders, and the people in 
in the movie that sort of accept them the best. as mm-hmm. they uh, as they like put through hell, you know, hell in the beginning of the movie. But so it's like Jody Kramer, Mitch's sister mm-hmm. and Pink and Wooderson's cool. And, and yeah. um, the the people that are climbing the moon, tower, the guys are climbing the moon tower with Mitch uh, Pigford, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. um, whoever Rory Cochran plays or uh, Slater. Yeah. I, I, I just love how they're just like they they're just like cool with mitch like he's cool enough to like he got his ass beat or whatever and you know P- pink kind of like brought him in and and mm-hmm. the people I, the people that tend to like accept mitch and sabrina like i just i find myself in their court each and every time something mm. else i really caught while, while you're talking about sabrina uh again the the eighth grade girl who like kind of is pulled into the high school kids is that in that scene where they're doing they're about to throw the girls like to do their hazing or whatever um uh not parker posey um uh mitch's sister was it jody is it jody, jody. Yeah. yeah jody goes up to her sabrina and is like she has one more like little whatever badge like you want to come like you want to come yeah you know sabrina kind of goes like yeah okay and then you can see her friends behind her they, they kind of like sabrina's friends are behind her and they, they kind of look at each other as like sabrina's walking away and when i'm watching it i'm like they know that's like the last time they're going to hang out like with this girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they're like, like they're, they're close friend. I'm assuming of like middle school, like just got pulled into this new social circle. And like, that's probably, yes. they're probably not going to hang out there anymore. And like mm-hmm. the way they're playing it off, I'm Dude, like, yes, link later is like so subtle about it. They don't say any words, but yes. like having been in that situation where, you know, like I, you know, I, my, my friends of youth are, we're going different directions and like, you're not going to be able to hold on to these people that long. Um, you know, it's funny to see. And like, he does it a little more obviously with Mitch later when Mitch's other friends, uh, they go to like the high, you know, they go to the dance. And he's like, oh, you got some Sixers? Like, yeah, man, pretty cool. It's like that kind of moment where like Mitch. <laughs> Mitch is like on another level at that point. Such a flex. Yes. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. you know, he talks about getting his Sixers and he kind of walks away back to the Emporium and his friends are just kind of like walking yeah. back down the street. Um, you know, after they do, or I guess, no, I lied. I guess they get O'Banion, but they kind of separate, right? And they're not at the party. Um, and it's kind of interesting, like just these little things that can retrospect when I think about like, oh, I experienced all these little things. Maybe I just wasn't noticing it at the time. I think is what makes it mm-hmm. like super powerful for me. Um, uh, uh, catcher and any standout characters. I mean, in terms, in terms of relating, I mean, the most standout character in this whole thing is Ben Affleck. Because mm. God. Yeah, let's this, talk about him, baby. I mean, not that I relate to him because I'm con- I'm <laughs> convinced he's like he's either like a sex offender or a serial killer in the making <laughs> or something. But this <laughs> man is just he I'm he just stands out for me in terms of just like I can't believe this character. Like he feels so like it's so real, and it just worries you that mm-hmm. people like this exist in the world. <laughs> but it's like there are like. I don't know. It's just like another level of this, like capturing all of the people around, right? Including like, there are these guys that are like this, you know, that this is just like their, their ego is paper thin Mm. and it's being supported by like, who knows what, like you're just the king shit of what, like being in high school, I guess. Like no one even (laughs) likes you, man. But just like, I don't know, this is getting like too deep for it. Like I was just shocked by every action he this character makes in this movie is just like i was floored every time it was just like what what is happening in your faces you're making like you're playing him well but i don't like who this person is 
and and they they kind of set Wooders they set O'Banion up early. Like the first time you see O'Banion, he pulls up to his car and like he has his paddle and he goes, "Hey, can you yeah. drive him home gas?" It's like you already know he's kind of a loser. Like from that line, yeah. and they sort of set it but, up but later. But the thing with O'Banion, um, I think, is like he's such a pain in the ass. It's just easier to go along with. Like if he's up in your personal right. space. It's it's better to put up with him because if you piss him off or something, he's going to be a bigger pain in the ass, right? Like he's going to be even worse to right. you, right? And it's a small yeah, town; no. you can't get rid of him. He's around, right. yeah. He's around, and apparently he's never graduating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, O'Banion, Ben Affleck, and Wooderson played by um, Matthew McConaughey, and I think Parker Posey also. Like when you watch it. Like at the time, all these people were basically nobodies. Like this was Matthew McConaughey's literally like his first acting gig ever, mm. um, other than like commercials. And like obviously, knowing what their careers became, it's easy to like say this in hindsight, twenty twenty. But I feel like when you're watching this, you just can tell they have that yeah. thing mm. that like you know these these three are gonna like yeah. be a step above like everyone else. Um, did you did you feel that way as well? Yeah. Oh my god. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey just like one never ages, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude. And two, it's just like he walks in, you're like, well, shit, man, this is the the coolest dude mm-hmm. that's ever that's ever lived. Somehow, you know, it's just like <laughs> he's just exudes cool, and then he says some weird shit, but it's just like I don't, somehow makes it more endearing. I don't even know why that's true, but yeah. it's yeah. just like, yeah, he's so and yeah, and Ben Affleck, like you said, same idea. Like you were just drawn to them. Like certain people's mm-hmm. faces just like are drawn, a camera's drawn to them for some reason, and like yeah, that's you definitely feel that. Um, first of all, my, Matthew McConaughey doesn't age because he went through a wormhole and entered a. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, shit. That's right. <laughs> dimension that doesn't exist to humans and <laughs> save the world so there's your answer to that but i agree with you a hundred percent like the character is so sleazy but so still like enduring. charming charming like, yeah. charming and down to earth almost and like yeah he'd be like the kind of guy that you'd probably eye roll once in a while but like always be down to hang with like i think i think it's because you I just feel like he would like no matter what happens, that dude would have your yeah. back, like yeah. no matter what. And so you're like, okay, yeah. Sometimes the people you know can be rude, or sometimes, but like otherwise, that dude is like a your yeah. friend forever, and like that's worth a, a lot. You know? I love how they made him seem. Uh, it was like normal for him to be not hanging out with his own age group. <laughs> like <laughs> he yeah. just loved yeah. hanging out with yeah. these youngins at the pool hall. I, did your high schools have that guy though? Like our high school had that guy. Yeah. No. There was a guy who hung out. Like he he graduated, but he just like went to the local community college, mm. and he would always like be around. He was like, I think when I was a freshman, he was like maybe two years out of college. Jeez. I mean, two years out of high school, so he was like several yeah. years older than me. But he would always like just show up at things. <laughs> he was a nice guy, like totally fine. But he was he yeah. was definitely like my Wooderson, which which is funny. Amazing. But yeah, they're I mean they're 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 standout. They were standout. Like Wooderson, McConaughey's Wooderson, one hundred percent, and O'Banion too. He's just he's just like a black hole when he's on the screen. Like him or not, I mean he just yeah. he he suffers your attention. You know what I mean? Like he's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everything he says is like just like the piece of shit thing to say like when he's playing pool and he's like uh 
you are awful at yeah. the game of pool and i'm embarrassed that you have even shared a table with me i'm like an asshole like yeah, would right. say that you know like <laughs> like in that tone uh, he another thing i think it was to um cole hauser uh, at the time but so after he gets the shotgun pulled on his ass he's the only one that knows he got the shotgun pulled on his ass so he's like he had to tell somebody though he's like oh oh you didn't hear yeah he's like ricky gervais in that he's yeah. like, oh you didn't hear i got it you hear i got a shotgun pulled on my ass like he just had to tell somebody yes. to get you know to, to drum up support yeah. for like that scumbag move right because like even like with the paddling everyone's doing it but you can tell like every and maybe it's because like everyone else kind of takes mitch along for the ride like you can tell everyone else is like doing it because this is like, yeah, this is tradition. Freshman, you're going to fucking get your licks and you're going to deal with it. And like, you'll be good for the summer. But like, there is a hatred behind yeah, yeah. O'Banion yeah. and like the way he goes about doing it. You can just feel like he means it. Yeah. You know what I love about McConaughey too, is that this, this movie launches career and it was also just like basically complete happenstance. Like, uh, he wasn't really supposed to be that big of a character. Um, the movie was supposed to end with with Pink and Pickford, um, but I guess on set Pickford was like an asshole to everyone. Yeah, like no one liked working with him. Oh shit! Um, he he like got he got gotten a couple like fist fights with people on set, and so Linklater like wrote tore up the ending and let McConaughey basically improvise all his stuff that Holy he was going to do, um, you know, with with Pink and all that sort of stuff, and like that like kind of that solidified it, right? I mean, what a like what a moment like a thing to happen right like the, the just totally massive massive star just chances into this role like he literally met a casting director at a bar in in austin and was like hey can you like get me for anything and then like link later almost didn't cast him because he thought mcconaughey was like too good looking for like this <laughs> cast of characters who like he wanted mm-hmm. to look very normal um and it just worked out and like you know his whole career uh his production company is called just keep living productions or like jkl productions like he's just embodied this whole character and i love it so much um yeah it's just so cool pickford though mm-hmm. I, now that i mean i mean i know the knowledge of pickford i didn't know he was having problems with everybody but when you see P- pickford which which guy is that which guy is he that? is the he was the guy who's trying to have the party um but his, oh yeah. okay gotcha also dude dude is cut as hell he, he is, is he's got a bod for days right when his shirt was on, I was like, holy shit, this guy, like, did people have six packs in the 70s? I didn't know that was a thing, like, back then, and he was... He looks like he's cut. from the... not Like, he's the, he would be on the cover of Teen Beat in the 90s, or, like, the yeah. 80s. I feel yeah. like he's, like, he's not of that time enough. Like, I, his but look I, is, feels, like, too forward a little bit, you know? I know that he and Randall had, like, super problems on set. So mm-hmm. when you watch those two in the same scenes together, they barely speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you can almost feel that it carries over onto the film. Because yeah. they're, they, if you go back, they barely speak to each other. They bar- Like, they nod at each other, and that's it. And it's almost weird that Pink, like, for a while there, was, like, straddling and straddling this line of... um being it almost seemed like they were really good friends like he hung out with pickford the most but yeah things kind of like spun out and he, and he started pink started hanging out with everybody else by the end of the movie it's it's true it's true i was thinking about that i was watching and i was like it's supposed to be like it was supposed to be his house party and at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. does feel like he will be in the mix somehow more and then the mm-hmm. movie just he just drops off the face of the earth almost and then all of a sudden he pops yeah. up driving a car here or there or whatever but yeah that's interesting i mean link later's a kid at this point too but imagine it's such a daunting task, right? You have these 18 actors. They're all young actors, probably dicking around on set nonstop. 
and then oh, yeah. two main characters don't like each other and like you know bigger stars or a bigger director would be like hey you guys like shut the fuck up do these scenes like mm-hmm. you're getting paid but i'm assuming just because they're all kids and young you know link later didn't want to ruffle feathers or something so he just sort of right. manipulated the story to make it work as is and obviously i mean it worked for the better i think because we get more wooderson but um it's yeah. interesting there boom catcher any other characters or any other storylines you, you want to chat about um actually kind of yeah just inspired a little bit by sort of like the conversation going around but i find it interesting that it's jason london right yep um what's his character oh pink right pink's his pink. name sorry pink i'm Floyd. like i'm the worst with names of even people i know so this is just you I mean, guys th- this movie took me years to learn the names of characters. Like I, mean, I still like identify some guys like, Oh, that's like the stoner dude. Right. And yes. Like, oh, that's Parker Posey. <laughs> and like, Oh, that's the girl who's like also in big daddy. But you know, <laughs> right. yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Emma called him. It's like, is that, it's like Brendan Fraser and Frodo Baggins had a kid. It was Jason London. <laughs> <Jason>. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, that first, that's perfect. Um, but second, like, it's weird because he's sort of like the through line of the movie, but mm. it's weird that like, I don't know. Like to it's me, it's like, it's what's happening around him. That's the most interesting and the most fun. Yeah. And like, he sort of like ends up blending into the background a bit, even though I think the idea is he should sort of be like the thrust of the movie. And you're supposed to be seeing things, I guess, like through his perspective, he's a protagonist, but yeah, he seems to be the thing that like is the least like the thing that is like connecting least i'm just wondering if that's something you guys all feel or maybe it's just like first time viewing thing versus many viewing like connect like he you connected with him the least as a character well i just feel like he's he's sort of set up in the structure of the movie as sort of the main character like the 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 main emotional beats are happening with him but i just feel like as you experience the movie and as you're watching and as you're having fun he just seems to be the thing that like you're having the least some of the least amount of fun. Not that you're not having fun with him, but it's just like somewhat forgettable, I guess. And I'm wondering mm. if that's something you guys have felt or I'm, maybe it's just like I connected with other stuff and it's the first time I've seen it. So I don't know. Right. Uh, for me, I think it's because he's like the most like re- like everyone is realistic, but he is the most like kind of real realistic character, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like at least in my head, like he a he doesn't have an accent you know i mean kind of you know and he um you know he's not like the stoner guy he's just sort of like he appears to be like the everyman um so maybe that's why he doesn't resonate as much um but i i get where you're coming from like yeah. you know when i think of this movie i'm not always going to pink first like i think you know by the yeah. ending it gets me but i'm always thinking about like mitch or wooderson or whoever i mean um but yeah yeah i agree uh i think I think catcher spot on. He he kind of like fades into the background, even though he he is sort of like one of the tent poles of every scene, darn near. But yeah, I think he does an okay job. I um and, and it, it's not necessarily his fault, but his ultimate like his storyline and his struggle, signing his <laughs> pledge to his team. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What? Like I, you know? And that's not, that's the writing. That's not him struggling, yeah, but right. him to he's not. But to see him try to like overcome and struggle is kind of like a little hard to like deal with. Mm, right? Yeah, because you know at, at the end, Don when when he's talking to Don, he says like Don's like so that's it, like we're good. But then his yeah, other yeah. friend gets pissed off at him at the Moon Tower party, 
And I'm like, I actually get where that kid's coming from. Like, I'm assuming yeah. this, this like, in Texas, high school football is, like, a big deal. Like, for, for yeah. our Canadian listeners, like, high school yeah, football is yeah, a yeah. big deal. And so, and so, and so, <laughs> and so I understand, like, if this kid's like, dude, you're supposed to take a state and you're bailing on us after, you know, these kids yeah. have played football from when they're kindergartners, probably. Like, like this was supposed to be our moment. I, I don't force myself to do it, but I, I get where they're coming from. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Which I think is interesting. Like, yeah, you know, don't sign up what you don't want to sign up for. But you also got to kind of respect your guys who you grew up with and who yeah. were relying on you to like, you know, some of these kids, this is going so super fan ficky. But like some of these kids are they're They need to go to college to, to play football. Like they're only going to mm-hmm. go to college if they play football. Yeah, exactly. And that right. is reliant on you having played with this kid for 18 years, you know? Um, so it's like, yeah, it's it's interesting how his, his character seem seemingly doesn't really care about everyone else, and maybe it is capped off when he says like, if these are the best years of my life, just kill yeah. me now, right? Maybe maybe that is like the point of that character. But 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 the but the other thing is, and I I think maybe that's just because I'm so like I'm a lazy piece of shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, just sign the form. Yeah, like, yeah you're not. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Just sign it. Like, yeah, just sign it. Who's and, who's who's well, keeping tabs yeah, on your ass? And go smoke weed anyway. Like, who cares? Yeah. 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 Right. Right. That's interesting, actually, because like now that we're talking about, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but what? That's what makes him kind of complicated. Like that kind of makes him interesting as a character, you know? Because right. it's like he's just like yeah. most teenagers, which is just like I'm. Life is hard. I gotta make important weighty decisions and like you're putting all this pressure and like uh effort and like importance on something that's like it's nothing bro just sign the paper and move on and it's like no it's got to be like an existential crisis right especially since like every all those other teammates had signed that paper and are literally drinking like that very same night (laughs) yeah yeah. obviously like no one gives a shit even at the end when the coach catches them all drinking there's another player there and he's just like yeah like go home you know like what what is this you know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is. That's funny. I hadn't thought about that catcher. How it's like, it's always like a bullshit piece of paper. Yeah. And you're just being nice. so dramatic about it, which is very high school. So, you know, it, yeah, it does that's all true. Up. Like, that's probably the biggest struggle for Randall right. at this point. <laughs> it is, though. It really yeah. is. Like, you're you're saying no to a college scholarship. Like, dude, just yeah. go and get a free education. Stop being so, <laughs> stop being so self-centered. Right. Uh Boom. Did you have anything else before we go into our categories here? No, not really. Like, I think we covered most of it, even though there's a lot to cover because there's just like, there's so much going on in this one. It's so good. Boom, all the so epic one liners. I mean, you could take apart every scene yeah. of this movie and like dissect yeah. it to its core. Yeah. The one liners, like the clothes they're wearing, yeah. the music playing in the background. I mean, there's just so much to like absorb. Uh, it, it is hard to do. Um, I get chills. I and I told I said this in the pre-show. Our pre, you know, because we talked before we recorded. That's a, a thing that we do. A inside baseball for podcasting. Um, when after Mike like attacks Clint, that m- dominant male monkey motherfucker, <laughs> he like attacks him. And I I love Mike's story arc, right? And it, it ultimately it it ends in a different way, but it ends with him like with the release of all this tension and energy. And it Mm -hmm. ends with him like crying in his friend's arms Mm -hmm. by the end. But as soon as like he starts to cry and Mm -hmm. Leonard Skinner's Tuesday gone starts playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it the best musical cue in all of cinema Mm -hmm. ever since cinema was invented? (laughs) 
and then like that at that point the kegs are tapped the mm-hmm. party's running down like back to you know not having the best night of your life and back to like you know realizing that these people still have a year of high school to go <laughs> you know this isn't even like them graduating but it's just uh, it's just that's it man let's get to our categories here so first of all we'll do our criterion moments if you're listening for the first time um this is where we pick a scene or sequence in which we think like this is our reason as to why this this movie should be in the criterion collection uh dale you want to go first buddy it's in the criterion i think for both reasons that boom and i uh, mentioned at the beginning of why we love it so much it's just it it it's a movie where people can watch and kind of feel safe and watch these people like try out of the go out of their comfort zones and try new things as they're heading into the next stage of their life and it's all done on this like super airy not stuffy diet of you know um like tension and weird mm-hmm. uh drama it's just a fun good movie and like to the point where it belongs in the criterion it's not just like a road trip or you know <laughs> a, 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 like can't hardly wait which is right. the best right. movie ever um <laughs> yeah. it's just has like this awesome i don't know this awesome pacing and this awesome like uh dot it's like this amazing meal that mm-hmm. you're eating mm. yeah it's really a beautiful thing uh, i think it's because like the stakes are so low that's what mm. it is that's what it is yeah it's over one day which i think adds yeah. so much to it and the stakes are so incredibly low like the only stake i guess i mean it, it is for mitch i mean i'm mitch well mitch is getting his ass beat but you know it's it's really uh pink is the only one who has like anything really at risk in this whole scenario yeah. and even that like we just said it's like it's not that big of a deal and i think yeah. that's why it's so comforting um and i also think it's why it's like aged particularly well like like um not can't hardly uh she's all that you mm. know one of these iconic rom-com movies almost unwatchable today because the whole plot is about you're 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 taking this bet that you're going to take the ugly girl to to prom and the ugly girl is like Rachel Lee Cook, which is like, okay, I mean, I mean, what, rough. what kind of That's high school do you yeah. go to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, you know, so absurd stakes like that, I think, keep other sort of teen uh, coming of age or, or dramas from aging particularly well, because there are things that like that seem important to you in high school that like mm-hmm. as time evolves, like, yeah, that's like not cool. Uh, boom. What's your criterion moment? Uh, my criterion moment is probably when Mitch and his friends get um Ben Al- what's Ben Affleck's character's name? O'Banion. O'Banion. When they get him, it's so good. <laughs> get him. <laughs> just great. And he just storms off covered in paint and is like, fuck, and drives away. Amazing. So good. Yeah. And that's the last time you see him. He like doesn't go yeah. to the party. Like that's 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 the end of his character. Then he's just gone, uh, which is awesome. Just gone. <laughs> yeah, so good. What about, uh, what about real quick? Mitch's friend Carl when they're yeah. when they're like leaving that lame party. dance like at the library. Oh my god! Carl like bitches at his friend and said, "Son, you would know what to do with it if you had gotten there." <laughs> so don't worry about it. Like he's ruining his friend's good time because Carl wants to get out of there. I I, I noted that uh, Hirschfeld, right, is his friend's name. Yeah, yeah. He gets pulled out by his friend, and then minutes later gets his ass beat. Like talk yeah. about a complete shift of like an evening. He was having the time of his life. 
he was getting there his dumb friend who can't figure it out drags his ass out and then he gets he's the one who gets beat up like the others make it away hirschfeld is the one who gets caught and he you know it's just just, yeah so good so funny doesn't carl get away scot-free he doesn't even get it yeah he doesn't get it yeah he doesn't get licks um it's just hirschfeld which is makes it so much funnier um catcher what's yours um i think i think it's the scene when the beer kegs show up yeah with at at pickford's house yeah because it's like one it's hilarious just the idea of him getting caught like he just seems like such a space head so like the idea (laughs) that the kegs would show up early is just like perfect but then it's also sort of like integral to the rest of the movie because it's like well now everyone's like scattered to the wind because there's nothing Mm -hmm. there's no party to go to and so it's like this like adventure through through this through Mm -hmm. the night which Mm -hmm. just like gives that cool quality of just like in, um, infinite uh, infinite possibility you know, anything mm. is possible and like everyone is like riding this vibe of like yeah whatever happens like let's do we're gonna do something crazy tonight we're gonna live tonight everyone is just like trying to like grab on that energy yeah. um, and it's because of the kegs showing up and I love how the kids like people just like show up and then the dad answers the door and it's just like it happens like yeah. five or six times and you're like they just all turn around yeah exactly and it's so perfect bad. man yeah so great and like Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey, like as like the guy, everyone's like, like, what do we do? Like our our yeah. fearless leader, like, what right. do we do? And he's like, everyone, calm down. We'll do like a beer, <laughs> uh, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then like he wins that game of pool, and he has like inspiration. Like I'm gonna go get yes. kegs, party at the Moon Tower, and it's yeah. just like that yeah, guy yeah. is like. That's why they relied on him. That's why no one is stressing because they know they knew yeah. Wooderson would be like, it's gonna happen tonight. <laughs> it's the last day yeah. of school. Come, my children! Like we will, we will party oh my together. God. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's eight p.m. or if it's like eleven p.m. Right. The, the night is still young, and things yeah. are still possible. Mm. Yeah, and a party at the Moon Tower. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's so good. Real quick, uh, catcher that scene. I can't like I really picked up on this time because they're still going into another grade of high school. How about Pickford's parents just letting him go back out when he was clearly, I guess, <laughs> yes, right. I guess he didn't clearly get caught doing yeah. anything. Correct. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's sort of like, he does like, and that's the thing. Cause I feel like in another movie, the parents would just like leave, but the fact that they stay, right. you know, and it's just so like, funny. Oh, yeah. The whole, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. We'll stay, but you can go to your party. Just don't party here. Yeah, right. exactly. Take the car, take the car, go gallivanting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're clearly a little aloof, right? Like, I yeah. would never have dared to smoke weed within three miles of my house in high school. <laughs> no. Like I'd be so scared. I'd be reeking and like, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So the fact that like, they just like kind of spraying thing, like, you know, lightly doing incense. I mean, I think they're just, yeah, or they're just like, true. you know, you're not being a, you know, so I think that's part of it. But yeah, uh, let's see my criterion moment. And Dale touched on this earlier is the end uh, of the party sequence, because like, mm. What I love about like those final five minutes or so is that um, Linklater does such a good job of like yo-yoing you back and forth of like what happens to these kids. And I think that's what makes it so realistic. Like, you know, in order, Pink is making out with uh, Jody and then, you mm-hmm. know, he tries to up the game a little bit and Jody's like, whoa, you have a girlfriend. And like they kind of hint to it at some point, but you never really realize like, oh, I thought Pink's like the good guy. Right, Pink is set up as be like the going. He's not an asshole. He's not beating up kids or whatever. But he like has his girlfriend, right? And he's making out with his girlfriend. So that kind of pulls the curtain back on him. And then uh, it cuts to Parker Posey just being like so blacked out 
and like yelling oh, yeah. at that one girl with Anthony and Rap to do like that air ray or whatever. Mm. And she won't do it. And she just like, you know, Parker really walks away and be like, lick my ass or whatever she says. <laughs> and then it goes to that like really beautiful Adam Goldberg is Mike moment where he, he like musters up the energy to go like fight the guy. So good. The guy obviously beats the shit out of him. And then, you know, Pink and Wooderson come in, and, like close up the fight. And like, yeah, it's just like such a perfect thing because it's not like no one gets like this big heroes ending. Right. Like. You see the nerdy freshman girl kind of standing up to Parker Posey, and then it cuts to the Adam Goldberg. And you're like, oh, he's like going to beat this guy up. And then he even gets a jump on him. So you think it happens. But then it's yeah. like, you know, he hits you with a slap of reality. He's like, no, like, end of the day, this other guy's like probably like coked out of his mind and it's like, is a massive alpha <laughs> male. And like, we'll beat yeah. the shit out of like this nerdy kid who has never fought in his life, you know? It, 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 it just like ties it together so well. Um, because I think it was like just happy ending after happy ending after happy ending you know pink gets mm -hmm. the girl uh you know all the sorts of stuff it just wouldn't have had it wouldn't have that like sort of realism that i think makes it work so well mm. um well so, it's so like it's reality like, coming in right it's like oh yeah right. like it, everyone's high off this energy of like mm. infinite possibilities until you realize like that's not what ha that's not what life is like it's like no life mm. kind of sucks most of the time and right. it's just like brings them on down to earth and then you sort of have this like glide into the end which is cool mm. Uh, great picks, everyone. So now let's do our satellite picks. Yes. Uh, these picks, um, for those, again, who are listening for the first time. So we basically, our format is we start uh, a series of episodes with one movie from the Criterion. In this case, it's uh, Dazed and Confused. And then, boom, Catcher and I all pick movies that we think are related or influenced or something we thought about while watching this movie. And we spend the rest of the month uh, discussing these new films like relative to Dazed and Confused. But Dale's our guest, so we were like, Dale, just give us a pick anyway. No, you know, just give us yeah. one. Uh, yeah. So let's hear let's hear Dale's pick, and then we'll go around to ours, which will determine the rest of the month. Dale. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to go with another one that gives me the same kind of feelings as mm. this one. It's a little heavier, but it's a, a little still in my wheelhouse because I watched it when I was uh, young in high school, and um, you know, in the end, it gives me those same feelings of. Um, well, at least somebody's having a better time in high school than I am, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and that is uh, ninety five, uh, nineteen ninety five. Kathy Bates, George C. Scott, Angus. Mm. Boom! Uh, nice, nice. I have not thought about movie in years. Actually, I can't. I yeah. love Kathy Bates that. so much. Yeah, she's the uh, best. Charlie Talbert is uh, is is Angus in this, and uh, James Vanderbeek's in it um it's just a, the, i mean by the end of that movie you've been put through the ringer emotionally and you're just rooting for angus and uh at the end it's just like it ends on a a pretty great feeling um mm. so nice. yeah it was going to be that or can't hardly wait i already brought up can't hardly wait Oof. So. i mean two great picks catcher oh god what okay is your pick okay so and, the, <laughs> i'm sort of torn because mm. There are like some pinkies up movies that mm -hmm. I would I'd like to tackle. One of which is CanCon. So mm. it's like, I really kind of want to push that, but I'm not going to do that. I don't care. And mm -hmm. my pick is a movie called project X and uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's no one, no one saw it. And it turns out the people who did see it, it did not get great reviews. I feel like it came out in the wake of like super bad and everyone's like, no one needs this like half price, uh, 
super bad movie, you know? Uh, uh, and mm-hmm. I watched it a few years ago and it blew my mind. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so the energy of that movie is unlike anything else. Mm. And it takes place over one like one night and it's three nerds who just try to throw the best party in history. And <laughs> it's wow. like they're three idiots and so you're just watching them try and cobble together something. And what comes of it is just next level. And uh, I've been like trying to find ways of getting people to watch this movie. And I realized I have a podcast. So now I can make at least two other people watch it. Um, So I was like, I I, I could do, I was thinking like Last Picture Show. Um, I was thinking Crazy, which is the Canadian movie, which I really love. And I think it's really cool. But this just seemed like too good of an opportunity. So wow. Next week we'll be watching Project X, nice. and I cannot. It's on Tubi, Dale. Thanks. It looks like uh, it's on Netflix Army. actually. Also, oh great, down here. Yeah, in Canada it's on Tubi for sure, so you can watch it for free. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember this movie came out, and I heard it was awful, so I never watched it. But, yeah. but, I mean, right now looking at it, there's a 28 percent of Rotten Tomatoes, but that is a 6.6 on IMDb, and actually a 4.8 on a out of five on Google. There you go. Movies, I guess. Wow. So I, you know, I think it could have aged. It could just have aged well, sort of like no one liked Days and Confused when it came out. So huh, let's check maybe it catches out. ahead of the ahead ahead of the game. Yeah. J- just keep an eye out on the two young security guards that they hire. Okay. Those kids okay. are everything to me. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. okay, I'll keep an eye for that. Uh, boom. All right. So I just sneakily got some help from my homeboy Dale because uh, I was. Trying to decide between two films, one of wow. which I just watched the other day and just coincidentally was like, this would be a perfect pairing for um, Dazed and Confused. It's called Smooth Talk. Mm. It's in the Criterion. It's Laura Dern's first mm. movie. But we're not going to do that. But people should watch it. I'd be interested to mm-hmm. hear what they have to say about it. Um We're actually going to go with a movie that I've never seen Mm, i love it which yeah i've never seen it um but everybody's seen it and i watched i kind of like thought about it i watched a trailer for it i was like maybe this is the one and then dale kind of solidified the choice there so we're gonna go with (laughs) almost famous Mm. nice 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 (laughs) i used to fall asleep watching this movie in first year college like almost every night i would put this on and i watched it like crazy i love this movie wow yeah Perfect. That's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. great, great pick. So glad someone so. picked it. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Crow. I mean, that's a seminal film for the era. Yeah, uh, nice, good pick. Boom is about to rip that shit apart, though. You watch. <laughs> yeah. Gold, I'm a golden goddess. My ass. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so that leaves my pick. Fuck. Fuck. I knew it was gonna come down to this. So I, I have two choices. Um Talk it out. You know, Dale, I, I was actually considering just like doing like wet hot because I do think wet hot is in the oh canon. But oh, of, yes. uh, Wait, of days, one but... of my favorite things that Ian's ever said, because and also just sidebar love this like weird bonding over summer movies between Dale and Ian. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. I think it was on this pod too, and Ian said word for word. 
Dale is a wet hotter with me. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a special film, but I'm not going to pick it because uh, I'm, I'm only doing it if Dale's coming back. So we'll have to hold on. We're going to hold on to this one. Got to tease it out a little bit. Oh Maybe God, a yeah. summer episode. It's the new Armageddon. Um, <laughs> it's the new Armageddon. Wet hot. Not in the Criterion. Never will be. It should be, though. Uh, okay. So when I think about this movie, um, I think since you two are doing coming-of-age movies, I'm, I'm not going to do a coming-of-age movie. So I was going to think about mid-90s because I think um, in a similar way that Richard Linklater wrote and told a story about his life, mm-hmm. he knows um, Jonah Hill did the same for mid-90s. That's so I think that's good. a good pick. Maybe consider it anyway. But uh, I'm going to pick a movie that also takes place in one day. It is also an ensemble. It is also uh, the director's second film um, and gave him kind of free reign. This was his blank check movie, and mm. he went and did it. Yes. Uh, it helps launch some careers. Wow. This movie, Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. Yes. Whoa. Nice. Wow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Also yeah. never seen it, but like been on the list. <sighs> My God. Let's oh, do this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I thought about that immediately, like, like for all the reasons I said before. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to compare sort of these two directors who are now very prominent, um, I think in different ways, but very prominent in their own senses. Um, we're going to be looking at two movies early in their career uh, and they have unique, they had unique opportunities to do passion projects super early in their careers. And they both, decided to tackle it in kind of the same way of ensemble one uh, takes place in one day movies, which are hard to do. Um, yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm excited to, to kind of look at it from that lens. So, uh, so we will do next week, kick off with a uh, <laughs> project X, follow it up with almost famous, uh, and then wrap up with Magnolia. Solid, solid. solid. Mm. You know what, you know what else takes place all in one day, all three stories, all three of the wet, hot, Yes, all uh, three of the wet hots. Yeah. All three of the wet hots. We should have just done just a make wet a hot podcast. Just, guys. just make like, it all about wet hot. God, the, the dream. The summer boy. Uh, the wet hot summer boys. <laughs> <laughs> the wet. The wet boys. Just call it that. Oh, just no. yeah. Yeah. I'm walking why, off. I'm walking why off. is that? Why is it that there's less words, but it's somehow worse when you just say that? Because you know. Yeah. You know? It's true. Also, like Wet Hot just launched a, a whole bunch of careers, but true, uh, yeah. Save it for yeah. the pod, and whenever that comes. Um, all right, so let's jump to our emails. We we got one. Oh. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, cinenutspod at gmail This is from our friend Kevin. Kev, aka Kev. Cinenuts, it's Kev. I've been meaning to send this in for a couple weeks, but you know how it is. Um, I just wanted to say welcome back, congratulations, happy anniversary. We missed you. We love you. And what a great first month of shows. I think this format where you pick one Criterion movie and then you pick three other movies to discuss in contrast or comparison, I think it's really awesome. And it does a great job of Uh highlighting the film. And wow, like tonight you're doing Dazed and Confused, Richard Linklater's classic. How about the poster that comes with the Criterion? Does the Blu-ray still have this? I think it does. That amazing, the the car up against that bright green backdrop with all the characters' faces on it. Reminding you of the amazing ensemble in this film. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. It was a dorm room staple for me. Uh, No matter where (laughs) I lived, I always hung it up. 
and I, I can't wait to revisit it tomorrow morning, and I can't wait to listen to you guys on Friday. Shout out to Dale, who, of course, I absolutely love. Thank you for getting me hooked on all this horror stuff. I got the Rob Zombie Halloweens this weekend, and then finally oh, wow. they get okay. into that Shout Factory Friday the 13th box. So oh, I can't yeah. wait for that. Um, so thank you, Dale, and thank you, Synonauts. Love you guys, and uh, can't wait to hear the show. And, of course, what you picked, you know, because you could pick any movie and, you know, comedies about the 70s and nostalgia. We don't know any of those, right? Right, guys? <laughs> Uh, thank you, Kev. Again, shoot us an email over at cinenotspod at gmail.com. Uh, before we wrap, let's do a quick tea with Boom segment. Yes. Uh, Boom, slide into those slide into those DMs with Boom at Cinenauts on Instagram. Uh, any, any fun coming out of it yeah. this week? Well, actually, some Kev tea is that uh, after me pestering him for like months and months, he finally watched... And loved Chappie, which is a favorite. Yes. Which is a favorite yes. of mine. So welcome yes. to the to the club. Um, yes. And also, I posted on social media. You know, just the usual. We're recording tonight. Send us some letters. And, mm-hmm. and Slim immediately commented. Uh, I said that Dale would be on the show. Slim immediately commented, "WTF." Um. Mm. And then said, tell Dale I miss him and love him, but also I've never seen this movie. So do with that what you will. <laughs> you went to high school, Slim. You never made him sit down and watch this? He's too busy watching wrestling, huh? <laughs> no, I actually, I, I, did, I didn't go to high school with Slim. I just... Wait, I thought you went to high school with him. Oh, you just knew each other then? Yeah. No, I, I didn't know him until like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. We met We met on the internet. Wait, what? We're internet friends. Hold on, my whole canon of you and Slim is completely blunt. He went to high school with Jonesy then? Jonesy, yeah, yeah. he went to high school oh, with Jonesy. Oh, okay, I thought you both went to high school with him. Okay, okay, got it. No. Yeah. Yikes, my life's been a lie. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Next, boom. Um, okay, yeah. So, and then I just asked people, I'm like, this is a fun, nostalgic movie. Uh, and I just kind of asked people to share like some high school memories. Um, we got a really cool one from Ty, actually, uh, mm. who does the Rank Kings podcast, which is super awesome if you like uh, rank and stuff. Ty said, sorry, I couldn't fit this. Oh, whatever. Ty, Ty said, I went to the high school this movie is based on in Houston, Texas. Whoa. And what? a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie was still happening while I was there. <laughs> Not really a memory, wow. but a reason why I love and relate to this film, even though I didn't grow up in the 70s. Isn't that wild? Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. Crazy. And then I messaged and asked if he like got hazed by like Ben Affleck. And he said... Luckily, a cool senior paddled me, so it wasn't too bad, and I got a beer after. So the paddling Shit. is real. Man, that's wild. Ty is bitch. That's, that's wild. Yeah, Ty that is wild. <clears throat> How about Ty giving us only that? Like, we could do a whole a podcast episode yeah. with him. Yeah. I know. Drilling his ass about yeah. this. I was what like, happened? Excuse yeah. me? Um, and then we got a few other cool answers. Um, we got a cool answer, which was, Favorite high school memory, meeting my future husband by Tara DeBorha. Oh, <laughs> wow. Tara, thank you. Oh, my God. I saw, I, did not, I posted no, this. I didn't know she sent that in because I obviously do not check our DMs mm. on Cynonauts. 
No, Tara, I, mm, I posted this at like the end of my like work day. And then I looked and saw that and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. It's going to carry me through the rest of this day. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then someone said a person in my class decided to stick a paper clip in a wall socket, knocked <laughs> the power oh. out. Oh, I thought it was just like he and he died. Yeah, but that, that's also pretty funny. Yeah. Live to tell the tale. Catcher slid in mm-hmm. with an after school drama. That's his favorite high school memory. Hell yeah. Mm. Drama kids, we get it into some crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Seedy underbelly of right. drama. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mikey P said graduating and never looking back. Um, Amen, Mikey P. Thank baby. That's how we do. And E. Uh, Kamakyo said, "I was an arts kid, so being part of our musical theater production gave me joy." So yeah, just some sweet mm. high school men. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, T- Tara and I dated in high school. I was the marching band leader, oh. and she was a uh, she you- was a cheer she was a cheerleader. So it was literally that skater boy like song. Right, oh. it, it, that Avril Lavigne lyrics, and like that was our. Did you carry that stick? I didn't. Well, my school did not have the stick, but I did conduct the band. That Amazing. is so cute. cute. I love that. Well, thank you, Dale, for uh, hopping on with us. Always a pleasure getting to talk movies with you. It's um, been an honor. I really uh, thank you for reaching out to me about this. This movie's super special to me, and I yeah. can't believe that you. Uh, would they even think to have me on? I Had love to. it. Had to. Uh, when, when do Bat and Spiders come out? And uh, Crypt Keepers, Crypt, Jesus, Crypt Keepers Coffin. My God, you guys say that weekly? Jesus. <laughs> oh my God, though, I call it like Crypt Keeper, Crypt, Crypt Friends. <laughs> I forget. Um, uh, yeah, Thursday mornings. Check out Bat and Spider. We also do a, a separate podcast where we talk about every individual episode of Tales from the Crypt. From the early 90s on HBO. So um, that comes out Saturday nights, much like Tales from the Crypt did back in the day. So um, we're, in, we're at season six now. So we're nearing the end of this nearing journey. The end. Yeah. Bittersweet. Yeah. I, I, I've been so tempted to buy like the box set. I always like maybe once a month I, I, when I listen to an episode of Crypt Keeper, I like yeah. stare at that box set and want it. Just to honestly, just for like the menus, because you guys talk about the menus so often <laughs> yeah. and how like hilarious they are. Garb. Um, I don't think I even need to like watch any of the, the no. episodes, but uh, it's something. Yes, love that podcast. Check them out. Bat and Spider and uh, Crypt Keepers Coffin. Uh, <laughs> Crypt Keepers Coffin. Uh, Boom and Catcher will be back next week to talk about Project X. Thank you. Mission complete. <laughs> Hopefully, this isn't a. Uh, isn't, a disaster, but no, I trust you. Catcher. I'm kidding. It could I'm, be. I'm it, ver- it very well could be. We'll find out. No, no. It has the pieces to be a, a movie that needs its redeeming, and we're going to start it right here at the Redemption Tour of Project X right. on Synonauts next week. Catcher's mind works in mysterious ways. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Dale, thank you once again. Boomcatcher. Talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.